0: hi there i'm andy a moon chasing manifesting wander lover and feel-good aficionado consider me your woo-woo best friend this show is a sacred space for ideas concepts and modalities that might be considered taboo but that i personally find a great magic in in these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. We have an interview for you today, and we are recording this interview right before an event that I am so thrilled to be hosting Again, with my guest. The event is the Soul Shine Experience. It is in partnership with Heart Rise Movement. And my guest today is the founder of Heart Rise Movement and my dear friend, Jesse May Wolf. So, if you're not familiar with Heart Rise Movement, I'm going to share a bit about it. I actually had an opportunity to go to a Heart Rise event very recently at the Soho House here in West Hollywood in Los Angeles. And it was my first experience of HeartRise in person. And oh, it was so magical. HeartRise is a method. It's a science based framework that empowers the best in people by unleashing the intelligence of the human heart. Heart HeartRise uses a Four step method that activates the heart's electromagnetic field as a generative force to ignite potential, cultivate connection, and inspire innovation. This whole movement, this work, was created by my dear friend Jessie May Wolf, who is my guest, who you will meet in just a few moments. Jessie May is a brave heart leader, she's a speaker and a facilitator. She empowers teams of creatives, entrepreneurs, and executives around the world using integration of this method. Over the last decade, she has activated HeartRise in cities globally, sharing the method with educational organizations, leading-edge companies, foundations, and communities. And each experience powerfully results in increased emotional intelligence, collaborative problem-solving, empowered communication, and leadership development. And she works with organizations from wellness to tech to travel to advertising, real estate, nonprofit, education, and more. HeartRise disrupts company culture, offering a fresh take on heart-powered leadership. And as my friend Jessie Mae says, the heart is the engine of our being, and she is building bridges with the language of the heart. I am so thrilled to introduce you to my friend Jessie May. Welcome, Jessie May Wolf of Heartrise Movement. Okay. I'm here with my friend Jessie May. Hi Jessie May. Hi love. So happy to be
1: with you, <laughs> mama.
0: I'm so happy to be with you too and I get to see you in real life again tomorrow as we're recording this. So Ooh-hoo. that's exciting. Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Very. I can't wait. A big gathering in person. It's happening. <laughs>
0: Yay. It's happening. And we've we've had an opportunity to be together in person, but not in this way. So it's going to be
1: really, really uh, exciting. I really am. I'm so looking forward. And as a result, it's interesting. You know, people are really, you can feel it. We were talking a bit about this, but the online versus the in-person now, post pandemic, there's this real deep yearning to come back together. So I'm feeling that in a big way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just as you know, I just got home from the Tulum retreat, and just being able to be in practice. And Uh, even in the moments in which we were all just laying on the beach or taking a walk, taking a walk together, just being connected feels so good uh, right now.
1: I love that. Yeah, we're feeling that too. I mean, the we have, like I literally have people texting me every day. We can't wait for Heart Rise to come back in person because people used to come to the sessions. I mean, I joke about it, but it was true for the hugs. I mean, it was more than just the hugs. But and this event is all about connection. Is our greatest currency? So we have, yeah. Actually, my the the Soho director just texted to say that the, even the wait list is insane. So I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> but
0: Amazing. it's because the
1: craving is there. We're longing for that
0: it's so there. Okay. So, I want to talk about heart rise before we get into yes. it. I open every episode by asking some astrology for some astrology information. So, tell me your sun, your moon and your rising.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, my sun sign is Sagittarius, which I come by very honestly. I'm definitely I have a lot of the core Sag traits in my um, you know, sort of people that know me are like, oh, yeah, she's definitely Sag. The Mama Fuego relates to that. I'm definitely fiery. Yes, Glass half full, you know, um, very adventurous, creative, passionate in that regard. And then my rising is Aquarius, with, which is quite a combo because uh. that only amplifies and really sort of like expands that kind of um, Fuego-y <laughs> vibe because it's an mm-hmm. air sign and it's very much of a visionary, dreamy sort of sign. So the two together... Um, really are quite the pair and then my moon is in Scorpio which is wildly deep and emotional and watery so that's where um, a lot of the depth and the sort of heartfulness come in um, and I would say I really do align a lot with Scorpio as well some of so my it's, a very com- best it's quite friends. a combo yeah. yeah it's a beautiful combo
0: some of my very yeah. best friends are Scorpio so I always love that Scorpio energy which yeah. explains even more why we connect so deeply
1: right yeah yeah, hmm. yeah. I love yeah. it. Okay,
0: so let's get into Heart Rise. I want to hear yeah. all about it, but before we talk about Heart Rise, the method and the mission, tell me your story. You have a really yeah. interesting and deep and unique story. So tell me a bit about your story and how yeah. that led you to founding such a beautiful movement.
1: Yeah, thank you, love. It's um it's definitely been a journey and it's so interesting because the pandemic has brought up so much sort of like these key momentous time stamps, if you will, that have made me kind of reflect, even just by going back to you know, my original hometown has brought up a lot. So you know, born in Montreal, so I'm Canadian, certain things I say out and about, they you know, <laughs> although my my Canadian friends and family think I sound American, you know I've been in in LA for the last 12 years and I've traveled extensively prior. Um, but I was always very curious, passionate, creative, entrepreneurial by nature. Um, definitely, um, you know, a bit of a wild one, but always sort of accelerated in school too. So, you know, I, I was the eldest of four, so I had to be like set the example and break the ice and be the one to like always be in charge. And I had this kind of free spirit, wild side that didn't like to always have to be the one doing the right thing. So I definitely had a little bit of that going on. And so, in Sioux, <laughs> over the years, um, you know, that got me into some good, healthy trouble, but also adventures and such. And Always a lot of entrepreneurial play, too. So I've had lots of different sort of entrepreneurial gigs from like, you know, at 12, like starting a tie dye t shirt line and like jeans where I used to like, you know, rip them up and stitch them and put crazy like doodads on. You know, it's always inventive and creating. And did you uh, have a
0: bedazzler for the jeans?
1: I did. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. And you should have, yes. Oh my God, amazing. Yes. I did I had every I was like such a nerd I would go to the um the fat like fabric fill I knew where they all were too because we would go down to Florida and like that was my favorite because we didn't have as much selection in Canada like in Montreal so we'd go to Florida and it'd be like I knew where every little like ma and paw like knitting shop was and I'd get like embroidery I'd like stitch the holes with like colors and rainbow patches and all kinds I was yeah so that was exciting, um, and I always took that sort of initiative, and there's, like, crazy footage of me, too, as, like, a young girl. Like, I used to love to dance, and I was super free spirit. Like, I don't know how my mom used to – I don't think she let me out of the house. Like, this was more cottage play, but I'd be, like, dressed like Madonna, like like a virgin days with gummies all over it, like – you know, eight years old singing like, screaming like a virgin, like, oh my gosh. You know, I look back at that, I'm like, wow. And the outfits, and I was very sort of independent and creative and wouldn't want to put on the the cute little outfits my mom put on. I want to like have my little rocker looks. And it was a wild totally. one, for, you know? Yes. <laughs> and then that, in, you know, that kind of followed into, got into, when I studied, I studied communications with a minor in film studies. I know I wanted to work with people. I loved people. But I was also very creative, so I encourage to anyone listening. You know, the adventure is so much of what allows for the, all of the threads to weave together. Because like, had you asked me back then in my twenties, if I thought I would start something like Heartrise, there's no way. And it just, you know, the building of it all and all the, each chapter was so integral. So you know, from communications and film, I ended up going into photography. It's always drawn by design and creative in nature. I used to collect my mom's, like, 80s vogues and, like, make my own scrapbooks. I wanted to be a designer as a kid. And so I was super into all of that fashion stuff big time. And But then I also had this kind of outdoorsy tomboy quality where, like, you know, up at the cottage I'd be building forts and, like, all kinds of dreamy little castles and kingdoms and queendoms in the woods and, you know, all kinds of imaginative stories. So um, adventurous for sure, hence the Sag. Um and so I kind of got into, from there I went and studied design. I actually almost pursued photography as a full-time career. I was accepted back in the day when, like, darkroom applications, like I used to do my own prints and develop them. And um, and I was actually set, like one of 20 um, that were accepted in the school out of 3,000 applicants. So I almost went and pursued photography full tilt because I loved it. But I found that there was an aspect that was a little bit limiting in that, I wanted to do more with it, so I realized I could do more and I got into graphic design. So again, all these pieces have now contributed to what I have created with Heartrise. So all the creative chapters really sort of infused a lot of the work that we get to do now. Got to photography, design, started working as a graphic designer, doing marketing, and I got into a lot of creative work, moved to London. There's a lot to say in between, but <laughs> got a job working as a designer there at an art publishing firm where I was exposed to some amazing books, designed a book working on Halston back in the, you know, in, oh, cool. in my late 20s, which was super cool. I was working with the editor, the editing suite in New York, and we had all the original sketches. This was like wow. so exciting, and I was in my, you know, mid-20s, so it was a pretty exciting opportunity. Worked with Mark Saunders from Days and Confused magazine on this whole Japanese book called Fruit. So all these cool projects, design-wise, doing all this in London. Flash to, I came back to Montreal, started my own clothing line, which, again, all these creative incarnations c- contributed to the path that is now right? So I started my own line. It was Jesse May Come Out and Play. May is my middle name because people are like, "Are you? Is your name is May your last name, your middle name?" And so. Jesse Mae is the name in that regard was sort of born. Um, and the come out and play was sort of like free your spirit, the butterfly was the logo. So there were early incarnations mm-hmm. too of the free spirited nature of what Heart Rise is about, liberating your heart and your soul and finding your truth and your path and all of those things. So there were little like clues along the way too. When I look back now, it's super beautiful to witness sort of like the threads. Um, so that led to many years of building out that and enjoying it. But I liked the creative process and the people. I didn't love the rat race of the industry. Yeah. So 2000, yeah, two thousand eight, I switched gears, and I, um, which was a big play to you know sort of want to get out of fashion when I was so in it. Um, and I think you know how you always have to be like working two seasons ahead. So it's hard to be like yeah. I do want to stop. You know, you're like producing, you're designing for a year ahead you're selling for six months ahead and you're in the season you're in. So it's like, ah, so there was no easy, like exit stage left. I'm going to go live on, you know, an Island and eat mangoes and coconuts and just (laughs) bugger off. You know, that's kind of what I wanted to do. I was like, I don't know what I got myself into. And I mean, we had measured success from the outside. You know, we had, I was selling to over 400 stores. I had six showrooms, yada, yada. We were getting press, but inside my spirit was dying I was so unhappy with it by the end it just felt like I was on this treadmill no sooner would I finish one collection I have to produce the next right. and it just really felt like I was churning and I wasn't living to my fullest and I didn't feel an integrity in integrity and even just the way I remember I mean one of the big like just neon like it was such an intense like red flag one of the women who I adore said, you know, we can get you a great hit and in style if you just knock off this striped sweater and add it to the fall line. Wow. And I was like, this is why I don't want to be in fashion. Like, I'm not right. going to just cuz they didn't have an attributed designer for this particular sweater that was going published. So she's like, just pop it into the fall line. And I'm like, I'm not going to pop it into my fall line. I've designed my collection. I do it with heart and soul and it it's meaningful to me and I don't need that extra in style hit. So there were a lot of aspects that were out of alignment for me and my whole vision in beginning it was this sort of birthing of creative vision and even I would, mm-hmm. you know, use and create my own color palettes and there was sort of a color therapy aspect to it and, you know, even the first of original collection had wor- words like dream, slash you know, boogie, dare, like all the sort of essence words, the, the heartbeat words of what is now HeartRise. So, you know, I kept kind of coming back to that and finding myself challenged so when I switched gears I decided to take a big leap and go into coaching I had learned about life coaching a little bit and was curious about it but I didn't know too much and I just knew what I liked about the aspect was that it was sort of empowering people who had said dreams to like honor and actualize them so I pursued a you know program and a training in that People have said which program. It wasn't even, I mean, it was a traditional ICF, International Coaching Federation, nothing to write home about to be fully transparent. But it was that I gave myself permission to do what I wanted to do, which was champion people's dreams and be there to, like, really accelerate their power, their truth, their possibility. Because I saw what I was able to do when I would have so many naysayers around me. You know, I remember even when I started my clothing line. It's not that they didn't have faith in me, but it was sort of like good luck, you know, from Montreal, like small, like we're, you know, relatively speaking on the globe, it's a hard sort of feat to, to do that, sure. right? When you have these yeah. big designers coming out of major metropolises. So I had many of those experiences where there were hurdles, and you know, and just being able to trust and lean in. I just wanted to give people access to what that felt like to have those kinds of breakthroughs and to honor what their heart song was. Cause I knew there was more calling. So I'm almost there now to where heart rises for it. I gave you like an in-depth a no, little this bit is of so bit good. Of, well, uh, and
0: you and I being friends, every time we get to yeah. be together, I learn more about your story and now I'm like, Oh, we just have so many uh, songs. It's so aligned. If down to like uh, oldest of four. It's just so, uh, so aligned. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And my mom, by the way, from The Last Soul Shine is like such a fan. It's so cute. So I can't wait to meet your mom. Because just for everyone watching, my mom joined our last Soul Shine experience live. So yeah. it was so cute. Because I've been going on. I'm like fanning and just loving up my soul sister, like girl crush who I just adore you. And my mom was like, <laughs> I see why, you know, because we're so... No, oh, it's so beautiful. I just feel like there is such synergy, and it's amazing, too, to say that when you align with someone, usually there's more to it, and it's beautiful when the revelation yeah. keeps coming, so thank Completely. you for saying that. I feel yes. the same.
0: And I adore your mom. She's just uh,
1: the cutest. <laughs> <laughs> She's the cutest. Yay, awesome. Yes. Yeah, well, she'll have to watch, so hi, Joodles. we call her Joodles. <laughs> My dad used to call her Joodles, Judy, but... Um it's kind of like the kiddos now all of my nephews and nieces colored doodles. It's sort of become her nana kind of name. So we've all adopted it. Yeah. Um so we yeah, basically got into the coaching. I had one last little foray into the fashion world because someone in Montreal who kept pitching me deals because he would get these big contracts, he would hit me up with them. None of them really appealed. And then finally he said, we just got the Nicole Ritchie deal. Um, Would you like to come on board to run the show? And I was like, you, you know, excuse me, but I was just like, no, because as a designer, aesthetically, that's very much my style. And he knew. So it was like dangling the carrot and like, you know, come on. He's like, you can do your coaching on the side, like a little pet project, like so diminishing of like what I really wanted to do with my life. And I should have known that was a signal. But I did it, um, it was a good experience because I was even able to get a settlement at the end because he's known, unfortunately, I won't go into it, but there were some issues there and I was warned to not get involved with this this person, but it was a good experience because I learned a lot, we moved through it, and it brought me back to the coaching work, which I wanted to do. It was nothing about, I love, I mean, it was a fun experience to, to get to do that, but it was also a good signal to the aspects of the industry I didn't love and why I wanted to get out of that and why I did really want to help empower people's, you know, dreams and path and purpose. Mm -hmm. So that kind of only reinforced the move that I wanted to make. And so I took that leap, moved out to Cali. Um, So I did her first collection, her maternity line, which was a great experience. I worked closely with their team on that and it was a good experience. But then I just said, okay, now it's time to fully leap into what I wanted and yeah. I got into the coaching, had my first client from like a flight, like by the end of the flight, he was like crying in my lap. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is clearly, you know, because the initial shift too into doing what you love can often be challenging to like charge for it if it comes so naturally. And I've seen that a lot totally. when I've worked with, right, a lot of like coaches and people who are really, you know, honoring their value and their worth, which can sometimes feel challenging when we're not taught to sort of charge for the things we do best, right? (laughs) Because it's like, well, it's so natural. So that was sort of an initial mini hurdle, but by overcoming it and seeing the effect with those that I was working with, it was encouraging. And so I was able to keep growing in that way. And so I worked with private group, like private clients, and then that grew into doing group work. I started an original podcast back in 2011 called Sunny Side Up before podcasts were even a thing. I had Marianne Williamson on as my first guest. Like,
0: Oh, wow. It was so just special. fun,
1: experimental. It was very, very special. She was a huge advocate and supporter of my early work. And just even throughout my career, she's been such a big advocate and mentor and guide. So that's been beautiful and just having had that experience of being able to really um, get into the coaching, get into the healing work, and then be really clear about how integral the, the heart was in this mix. So that was kind of, it brought me to the heart, and I can speak more about the method, but I found that a lot of the work in the coaching field and, even just the visionary, pioneering, innovation, thought leadership, all of it was so exciting to me, entrepreneurship, all of those things, but what really was missing was a lot of the work around the heart and the emotional intelligence mm-hmm. piece, so I became more drawn, and then that sort of bridges to where HeartRise was born with some of the, which I can get into, but... Yeah,
0: so so there you are. You're, you're now living in LA, and yep. you're doing this coaching work, yep. and the... The idea of Heart Rise starts to really come to life. So, talk about Heart Rise and the mission behind yeah, the movement.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I was seeing, which I found really fascinating, was how much, and this has also been in reflection and just looking back, but seeing how much the connection between others, like even in my private work, someone being witnessed in their pain or someone being witnessed in their purpose or their aha or me celebrating someone or just holding them lovingly, whether energetically or physically, in their experience, right? So I noticed how much the heart played an integral role. So that connection piece was everything, and it's become kind of the heartbeat of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really understood clearly that the heart was so necessary. And I would go for these jogs, which is also why it's beautiful to be right, literally on the beach now. But I would do these long jogs barefoot on the beach, and I had a little tides app, so I'd know when it was low tide, and I'd go and run. And I'd always get so much clarity and I'd literally go barefoot, leave the key under my mat, no phone, just like free, like total Mm -hmm. wild jungle mama free hair, like (laughs) just wild one, you know, but it was so, but I would literally like, I mean, it was almost like I, sometimes I'd have dolphins that would cruise the whole way with me. I'd have herons, like it was just so healing. And I would do six miles and I used to actually take my Coco, my other dog who would come and it was just a really healing time and I'd always come back and write and so many of the big downloads for heart Rise were born in that time because it would be integration time from a lot of the work sessions I was doing. And I used to do these women's um, heart circles at my house actually every fr- the first Friday of every month we do. Um, I called it a butterfly warrior heart circle at my house and it was so fun. They'd be these gatherings and so fun to even look back at those and see so many of those people now coming to our events at like Soho House or anywhere else. So it's just the threads are so beautiful. But It started to really become clear that the heart played such an important role in who we were as beings, and I felt like it had been largely neglected, Mm
0: -hmm. and even
1: so much so that it's been taught and in many ways programmed into us to think of the heart as sort of soft, unreliable, I don't want to open the heart for fear of the monsoon with everything that comes out. So there were all these like myths, you know, sort of myths about the heart that, you know, and and just... um, falsehoods really like there were just so many things and a lot of like misunderstanding too. people who really didn't learn miseducation so I was very interested and intrigued so I deepened my work in that realm like studied a lot of the science of the heart trained in different modalities I'm certified heart math coach which is more the science side but then I also studied and trained in Reiki so more the energetics because I knew Mm -hmm. energetically you know, it had been what was constantly propelling me. And I knew this too, but I was getting more clear that the heart and the vibes or my intuition and the instincts were all interconnected. I was like, I'm cracking the code, you know? So it was like, yeah. it's kind of like, it's I'm getting closer, you know? But the heart was the epicenter. And the more I studied, the more I was like, of course, like shamanism is all voiced around heart. A lot of the core traditions that really resonate that aren't, masculine in their paradigm because a lot of if you look at even the shape of spirituality it's mind body spirit where's the heart Mm -hmm. the heart is so feminine and it's left out um you know we all have a combo of masculine and feminine but the heart typically is attributed with femininity and which tends to sort of get you know swept under or tucked into a bucket or not made as reverent as it should be and so I was like, okay, I'm onto something here. And I started to study more. I found that Yale had a whole school around emotional intelligence. I mean, just some of the most leading-edge institutions were really getting it. And if you look to even some of the ancient wisdom, it is revered as well. But a lot of times it gets dismissed or, like, bucketed in, like I said. So that really became important to me, and I could recognize how essential it was in the work that I was doing. And then I started to unpack what the methodology was, and I had this day jogging where it was just like, literally it was one of those where I had literally dolphins I had herons I was like weeping and as I was running each step like one of the steps came through which were like it was what I was doing in my sessions with people but it was like the words just it was a full mm-hmm. download to sound woo woo on this show yeah. which is perfect I mean but it really it, obviously <laughs> says woo as it gets but even the like non-woo's are like wow that's potent And, you know, I literally just got the serious download, and it was so potent, and it was just each of the steps. So it was like, see. So with heart vision, I see. That's the first step where you witness. And I was seeing so much of witnessing and watching the thoughts and all this in different meditative practices and mindfulness practices and Eastern practices. But with heart vision, I see, to see with heart vision, I was like, Pff! like, I was just like, <laughs> oh, my. I was like, an, an, like anthemic. I had tears. I had people like, can we? are you okay? Like, it was such, talk about a spiritual experience. It was really potent. And then the next one was feel. So it's like once you witness what you're witnessing, to feel it, to move through it, to experience it, to honor it, rather than to suppress it, which is what we're taught to do, right? Stuff it down, deal with it later, compartmentalize, put a smile on it, you can handle mm-hmm. this, like, you know, brave up. So feeling, and it was what I was doing intuitively, the third step was knowing, with heart knowing I free, so there was the freeing, so it was see, feel, free, and then the last step was flow, with heart was to my flow, and it was like literally, I like I just, I officially did, I had a full, like started bawling, it was like just this catharsis that was so potent and beautiful, and I... I knew that something really potent had come through. And so I came back and I was scribbling furiously. I still have the notebook. It's really awesome. And it was just like the whole ethos of what I had been doing so innately. But it just crystallized in those steps that made a lot of sense to you-know-who, busy-mind, as I got, you know, <laughs> head trip. Um, and then from there on, I've just, you know, implemented it in more concretized way. I mean, I've expanded so much on it. But those core sort of steps as what the alchemical rhythm and power Um, And way in which the heart works and that aligns so beautifully with so much of the science too. So it was just like a real click into something so much bigger. And it was a way to explain it in a really practical way that Mm -hmm. busy minded people, which most of us (laughs) are, could understand. So whether I'm working with youth and teens, they get it. You know, you got to feel it to heal it. You got to let it move through you. And the four steps, the distinct four steps as a practice, became something people in our community got to employ and use. So whether it be in a corporate setting or in a school, it's really hands-on something you can actually do because so often we're like the answers live within. And it's like, but how do I get there? Or there's also these ideas of, you know accessing spirit or oneness or soul. But still, the, often the heart is not considered. So you can do all these extra things to get to it, but if you haven't cleared what you're holding emotionally, and that was the crux of what heart is was about, to move through it, then you you're not as clear of a channel. Again, to sound woo woo, but mm-hmm. to access it, right? So because I see this, and I've seen so much of it in LA, where. You'd attend these sessions or events and things, which would be beautiful. But often it was like we hear the spiritual bypass term, and it was a right. lot of that, right? So people hadn't actually done the work, but they were just going to some other place, right. having an experience, and then coming back. And it's like, oh, and all the shit's still here. What happened, you know?
0: Right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I know, and I think that that's, that is... I hear, I mean, that's, that's something that we all hear so often is it's like, but I'm doing, I'm like meditating every morning for 45 minutes and the prosperity didn't show up, but I was doing a prosperity meditation. Why not? Like what happened? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's, there's, you can't just sit down on the mat and and Mm -mm. do the meditation, and Mm -mm. all of a sudden, your world changes. There's a lot more to it. That's right. There's so much
1: more. And that's where I found it interesting, too, to understand that head and heart actually really work together because Mm -hmm. for people that are especially sort of intellectual or, you know, rational thinkers, academics, like they can be very confronted when I say that the heart should lead or heart intelligence is supreme, Mm -hmm. and they're all like, okay, yeah, what kind of crazy is she talking about? You know, because we haven't been really first of all, taught, let alone understood how the heart can operate with the head. So it's, you know, you get the two to work together, which is really interesting. So you can actually have all the brilliance of your mind available to you, but when you learn how to get in coherence with your head and your heart, which the method helps you do, then your head can be of service, but the heart is actually leading. And it's so much more of an engine and a compass when you learn how to trust it and how amazing to live our lives in a way that we can feel like compelled by the decisions we make. And right. have conviction with those choices and, you know, in our everyday lives, it's it's one of the greatest challenges I see with people is doubt, you know, indecision, um, you know, discomfort. So, therefore, like paralysis, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of analysis is emotional paralysis. So, it's really in the moving of the energy that you get and the heart is like your primary source. So, why wouldn't we engage it, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Um, I was working yesterday with my Kundalini teacher yeah. and we were having a conversation about... About intuition and the conversation we were having was that with our intuition, when we're considering our clairs, our clairvoyance, our clairaudience and our clairsentience, yeah. he was saying the work that he encourages is the clairaudience and the clairsentience because we're mm. already so in our heads that the clairvoyance can, yes. is- can sometimes be a little bit easier, but that the clairaudience is specifically can, the ear, the subtle ear is connected directly to the heart and if we can open that up then we can really hear because
1: it's vibration
0: yeah exactly we can hear we can hear those those things that we those directions we really need to to find they can come through yeah so he was he was teaching me uh some breath work practices specifically around connecting the clear audience and the heart and the, uh, clear sentience and the, and the gut brain. So,
1: I love that. I love that. Well, that just, yeah, makes me feel that sort of like the vibrational resonance, which Mm -hmm. is why, you know, there is so much invisible energy again, to sound a bit woo, -woo, but the heart has, is the epicenter to read that energy. So when we have more access to, it's natural rhythm which may sound strange to someone who hasn't tapped into it but the more we get comfortable feeling what we're feeling and moving into that space the easier it is to identify like you said those intuitive uh, awarenesses and little moments that that are and it's it's potent you know and and the beauty is even if you don't always get the intuitive hit you can check in with yourself one of the things we teach is how you can sense when you're in it or out of it so you know, if you're not able to fully access, then it means you're not in it. So that's where you could use the practice like heart eyes, to come back to or other practices, but to just have the awareness is already important. So, yeah, but I love that S- distinction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I thought it was, it was, it was really helpful and, and it's so real, you know, that, so true. that there's so much of the discomfort and the, and the struggle we have to really know what's right for us or what to say yes to, Comes from that, just not trusting, yep. not trusting our own inner knowing, and I working with him has just been amazing because he has so just so much wisdom to share, and he he's mm. constantly reminding me as a student that we all have the ability to access these yeah. these these uh, moments of clarity for ourselves, and we don't have to we don't have to look to anyone else to give us direction if we can really tune in.
1: Well, I love that you said that because that circles fully into the mission, which really is that, you know, it's to empower hearts to know and to trust themselves. So, you know, heart is a method, it's a vehicle, and it's a way to access that very knowing Mm -hmm. because we all do have it within us. And I think one of the things I observed a lot in my earlier sort of exploration of spiritual practices is anytime there was any sort of too guru-esque of a figure, I would always feel wary. There was something instinctively, intuitively that didn't trust it. And I've found, even as we've grown HeartRise and now have other people leading and teaching and facilitating, which feels really good, it was so clear to me that it wasn't proprietary. This was something that had moved through me as a gift, and it was something to serve with as a practice, as a language of heart, as a methodology. And, you know, I think that when we start to understand that the best tools will do that for us, will will Mm -hmm. only allow us to trust ourselves more. Um, that's the best service I think we can provide anyone who wants to go on a spiritual path is, you know, to lean into what does resonate, which is, you know, why I believe the heart is such a powerful tool because it will be your best compass. um, And it takes time to learn, am I trusting it or wait, is it my head or is it my heart? Like that often (laughs) comes up too. People are like, wait, but I'm not sure. And, you know, with practice, you start to really feel it. But I love that piece that you brought through because it's so important. And, you know, I think that, Ultimately, if we could have full agency in our lives and know that what we were moving into and moving through was always going to grow us or expand us, even if it's uncomfortable, um, Mm -hmm. I think we would have a lot more trust and capacity to surrender in life. So often we play small for fear of failing or what others are going to think or all these ideas and notions that are just all, you know, kind of head trip, these self-created narratives anyway. So when we learn how to tap into that deeper wisdom within um, we can all access it. And the best guides and spiritual teachers are mirrors for that. So it sounds like your teacher is, and, you know, that's what I love to empower in others is just like reminding people just how powerful their presence is and their truth is.
0: Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so when someone <laughs> engages in a heart rise experience, whether they yeah. come to an event or they're working with you in a corporate setting or whatever that might look like, What's the, what's the method? What's the approach? What happens? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yes, I love it. So when, well, a classic event, I'll just give you the shape of. And then when we do longer programs like retreats or, or corporate programming, we extend sort of the, the shape of it. But the essence typically is we'll do um, an activation at the beginning, which is more of like a, just a general sort of. Talk, setting the space, creating the vibe, like just the container, if you will. So that's always where we, you know, unpack some of the just core concepts to differentiate. Because heart rise is not, um, you know, it's we haven't reinvented the wheel. We just describe and share access to spirit or heart in in a new modern way that a lot of people can relate to. So if it mm-hmm. is your gem, then then we'd love to have you. Um, but it's you know, by no means. I mean, these are core traditions and, and practices and ways to plug in that, you know, many have known for many years. It's just another way. So in essence, that activation sort of sets the tone, differentiating it through language that we use. So head trip, for example, is the busy mind or ego, you know, so we describe it as head trip. I have other fun names for it. So we'll just contextualize and identify and get sort of people clear on some of the core principles. Heart power is what we're really plugging into and learning how to access, which is that native rhythm, that vibrational wisdom, that intuitive... Uh, awareness that current that connects us and it is a sense of, like of, of rhythm like it really is um, something that moves you and you can sense when you're in it or not um, we break down the steps in that first part too, sharing what the four steps are and talking a little more in depth about them so what it is to be in flow versus not mm-hmm. we have other practical tools like the heart rise dial to just check in and see how open or closed your heart is and have sort of resources to support so that's sort of like setting the container or the context in an example like where we'll do a workshop for a certain community, it could have a theme. So for example, well tomorrow we're doing it that Soho Works is connection is our greatest currency, which, you know, their head of memberships was all excited to just bring the band back together. You know, all of the OGs and then a lot of new people and we have a lot of shining forwards and so that was sort of all around connection and community building. Sometimes we'll do themes around ignite your creative fire is another popular Soho one. Um, we've done ones also around activate your intuition. So we shape them differently according to different themes and then I'll fold mm-hmm. in content that relates a little more specifically to how to use heart rights for that. So that's kind of setting the tone, the activation yep. intro. Then there's the experience of it. So we do a guided journey, guided meditative experience, which is super activating and it's really... Um, it's powerful. And so that really is also alchemizing and replenishing. So you get to do a full cycle of releasing and letting go so that you create the spaciousness to then call in and set the intention for whatever the specific focus is, if it's a you know more themed workshop or if it's just the core intention or heart desire or commitment you want to have in your life at this time. And then sort of bringing that into the heart space to really activate that and move into that flow And then at the end, there's always a share, so that's really beautiful, and it's set up in circles, so there's a lot of sort of different um, aspects that are very inclusive, so it's always set up in a way where it's oftentimes you'll see in classes where there's very much of a linear, this is circle, and there's a reason Mm -hmm. for that, and there are a lot of... um, you know, HeartRise is sort of drawn, like many of the different traditions that I've studied, I've integrated my favorites, so it's sort of got this, so the circle for me is really important as a way to always set up space, because it creates that balance that we're speaking of, and then at the end, so there's the sharing Depending on the shape of it, if it's longer and we're doing more extensive things, that's an opportunity too, where we dive into more programming and exercises and such. So if that's over the course of, let's say, a three-day retreat, that's broken into different pieces and there's experiences and exercises and breakouts and all the rest. But typically it's a setting the container, a guided experience, and then a share, which brings that unity. And then we close out with a bit of a kind of coming together and then it's just like full high on heart fever energy everyone's like activated and yeah <laughs> replenished and feels a sense of and and that sense of fusion or connection which is really beautiful like i've found that it's one of the greatest rewards is after being with people for even as short as you know a 45 minute session they'll say after that experience that they feel closer to the people they experienced it with than mm-hmm. they have let's say if it's in a work environment with the same people that they worked with for five or 10 years after one session. So like, that's always like, wow, it just reminds us, you know, as we say, or I love to say, we all know each other by heart. You know, that was a download that came through when I wrote that or I experienced that it was like such clear truth. And I, I mean, I felt that with you when we connected and right away, right away. It's like, of course there she is. I see you, I know you. And you know, and it can be intense when you meet someone who isn't fully ready, but the beauty is the ones that are ready and the ones whose hearts are calling it in no, and you can sense yeah. that and feel that and it's it's a gift.
0: Oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. So, you and I together have had an opportunity to put on a couple of events uh, through Soulshine Experience. So we'll be continuing to do that going yeah. into the summer with lots of other juicy stuff to come mm-hmm. with that. And I've talked about Soulshine on the show before, but i'll I'll include the next date in the show notes and all that good stuff. So in Soul Shine, we get to bring together this, like, cosmic kundalini experience meets heart rise experience. And, and we just get to, like, have a good time. Yeah, dance We get, to, like, dance, dance. get our <laughs> <Yeah>. movement
1: on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, like, full-on dance party. Mm-hmm. And we do it on Friday morning, So it's, like, a really beautiful way to start a weekend.
1: Yeah, it's been so special. And that felt so natural, too, to, to call that in with you. I mean, I yeah. just... And it's only the beginning. So get ready, all of you tuned in, (laughs) because live experience is coming to you too. Yes, for sure. (laughs) For
0: sure. And then on Wednesdays, we have our clubhouse room that we've been doing. We've been on a little hiatus the last two weeks as I was in Tulum. And We had a lot of things going on here in LA this week, but we'll be back at it. So Truth and Curiosity, The Art of Discovering Your Path, which really has become just a really beautiful quick connect on Wednesdays where we can drop in and just talk about our truth and talk about what we're curious about in the moment and, and share.
1: Mm, I've loved it, too. It's just been so beautiful and so organic. You know, I was sharing with someone yeah. else about the why I love Clubhouse. And I haven't been as frequent on it as I was for a phase there when we were still all very much in lockdown. But the coming back to even what you were mentioning about sort of sound and vibration and, you know, mm-hmm. I, as you well know <laughs> with the audios, but I, I feel like you can pick up on so much when you hear someone's voice. So there's something just so fresh and real about just being in conversation the way we get to and and just that dynamic of truth and curiosity and just having different people share what's coming through has just been a really nice way to just have a little mini midweek kind of reconnect and and come together and share what's up for us so yeah i've really enjoyed that
0: me too me too so for for everybody listening if you need a little wednesday afternoon Mm -hmm. connect time come
1: and come and join us and it's okay. morning Pacific, actually, because I'm here now. So it's 11 oh, a.m. Yeah. Pacific. Yeah, it's 11 a.m. Two...
0: Pacific. That's right. Yeah. 11, 1 Central, 2 Eastern. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. okay. So I'm gonna I'm going to move us into these closing questions. So I have five questions that I ask every okay. guest. And... I just love these questions, and we get to know so so many little special things about you. So the first one is, tell us about an object or charm that is special to you.
1: Mm, I love that. I would have to say I have this stone that really is... You know, it's funny, and I'll just share the background around stones just because when I was little, I used to always find them on the beach. And I didn't really know, you know, it wasn't that they were crystals or had that specific, but there was something about holding a stone that was always very comforting and grounding. So Mm -hmm. as my journey and learning more about stones over the years, I always just had a thing for them. (laughs) And so when I found this one, it's a blue kyanite, which I love in its symbolism. But it was more about, I mean, it drew me, but and, and it was after a really powerful experience and retreat that I'd been in and I went and I and it was just like glistening and it called me in and I just put it in my hand and I'm very much of a hand person I mean hands are so important to me and they're you know I have healing hands and I, I I use my hands a lot I talk with my hands you guys may have noticed but um and it's a very it's an extension of the heart so I put this stone in my hand and it just was like something really potent happened and I could just feel it and so there was a real charge and a grounding force. So. I That's probably one of my most cherished. I mean, I have many things that I love and and that are sacred to me and little charms and things. But just it's got like a raw element, but it also has this very sort of divine quality because it it does sort of like shimmer in the right light. But it's also a bit rough and rugged because it's not all polished, but it just fits like so solid. And when people that I love or care about, um, are going through something and need a bit of a grounding and a dream sort of force and sort of an inspirational energy, I'll, I'll share it with them too. So I would say off the top, that's oh, what comes so through. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Second question is this, what is a book that changed your life?
1: The Alchemist. Mm, um, I love it yeah, so much. Yeah. Paulo Coelho. I feel like it's so a biggie good. for, You know, it was one of those, like, I read it when I had just finished university, and uh, it was right on time. It was right before I moved to London. And it was like, of course, like, oh, it was like, and I had been doing, I was doing tons of journaling at the time, and it just... And I've since read it and come back to it, and it's like it only deepens the reinforcement of so much of what mm-hmm. we're talking about that we have the power to create our experience and all of that. So, yeah. yeah. And I love yeah. Paolo Coelho's work in general, um, We yeah. of the Peaceful Warriors and other beautiful, like, short little passages. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so profound, mm. his work. Okay. Tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way.
1: Hmm. there's so many. (laughs) Um, I think probably one of the biggest, which really was just super potent, was working with um, someone who was an Iraq um, war vet. And it was a circumstance where I was working with a men's group, which was not out of the gate when I started HeartRise, I thought I was going to work with empowered women and thought leaders and entrepreneurs. I wasn't anticipating working with a men's group, let alone men in recovery. And this particular man um, who we're still close, actually, I'm going to see him later this month, which I'm so excited. I'll I'll share how, because it's a beautiful story. But he was part of this group and had been through a lot of recovery work and struggled with PTSD and done so many different kinds of modalities and healings and, you know, Talk therapy, you name it. He'd tried so many different things and nothing had really worked. And he came to my group that I was leading at Claire Foundation and I had gotten them an amazing space because um, I was donating my I was volunteering my time. I would do a Friday morning session and uh, he responded really beautifully to the work. He had four kids who he'd been estranged from because mm-hmm. he was just in so much pain and you know not able to come back basically and it was just devastating. And so through our work together, Um, And I would work with this men's group every Friday. And, I mean, this was not, like, you know, sort of, like, fancy pants, Malibu shishi recovery. Like, we're talking, like, this was hardcore. And Mm -hmm. uh, which made it so raw and real and powerful. And had I been in my head, I probably wouldn't have said yes to take the opportunity, you know, to... But I knew there was a bigger divine assignment with it. And so I had taken it on, and I met so many amazing people through the experience. But he, in particular... Um, was very moving because I could feel the shift every week. And after a few months of being in our, worked in our program and doing the heart rise work at the end, and he had a big shift. I mean, every week he'd be sharing and you could just see his heart softening and him slowly opening. It was just so beautiful. And working with men also in general, like this was a big signifier for me. Um, But just how much the men needed it as much as women, because initially I was very drawn to just, like I said, work with empowering women. Um, but so he came at the end of his experience there and we knew it was going to be his last day and he gifted me his wounded warriors bracelet. Oh, wow. And in front of this group, the circle of grown men who had all been through it and shared and opened their hearts. Um, and he said, thank you for restoring my honor and giving me my heart back. And it was like the most potent, real loving. And, you know, and so many of the men were moved. So. The experience of it was not only super rewarding for myself, but everyone that got to witness it and experience it, which comes back to what I was saying before, of this sort of like, when we experience each other, you know, healing happens together. You know, I yeah. don't believe we can heal alone. And I feel like that's that togetherness. There was such an amplified experience of that. And then that shone forward in a bigger way too, because flash too, he went back to his family. His wife reached out to thank me. He restored his relationship with his four kids, if you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And then later, a few months later in that summer, or like when summer had arisen, the, the mom came out, They were she was taking the daughter to camp, and he's out here now picking her up, so he's excited, he just messaged me. This was a few years ago now, and she came to my Malibu Soho House workshop, surprised me with the daughter on the way to camp, oh. and they shared the story at the end of the workshop, so there was also not a dry eye, but just to be able to like share the profundity of like doing the heart work and being connected and and just having witnessed, you know, a man courageous enough to get vulnerable and to do that healing and then to see the ripple effect, um, you know, which I continue to get, you know, um, an impact from just based on how it's affected my life. So. Yeah, that would be one of the strongest experiences I would say. I mean, there's so many I could share, but that one really, um, and it continues to, to amaze me because he's only grown closer and we've stayed close through the years, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, oh, well, it's, how, it's uh, how you know you're doing. You're doing exactly what you're called to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Very so amazing. So. Yeah.
0: Okay, so the next question is, what is something that you do for your personal health and wellness?
1: I love, uh, well, I love yoga. But one thing most people don't know, and it's my favorite, is hooping. I'm a big hula hooper. Oh. I love to get my hoop on. I don't <laughs> have it here, but I have a weighted hoop, and I actually want to get my hooping back. And we used to do it on the beach, and um, but I enjoy that. Yeah, oh, and dancing. I love that. Yeah. yeah, but hooping yes. is fun. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, and the
0: last question: Tell me about a moment that you knew magic was real.
1: I think as a young child, I had, um, I would have ESP and I remember like learning that that's what it was called as a kid, but I used to see things before they would happen. And I used to think I was crazy because like I did not come from a family that that was normal in. Some people have more of a spiritual opening kind of atmosphere. Not so much. Mine was very like traditional polar off, you know, sort of like. Yeah, that's woo woo. <laughs> not the woo woo yeah. was not welcome in the fam in that kind of way. So, yeah, um, I would say there was just a sensitivity quality that I had where I would just see things before it would happen. I have a few distinct memories, but I just remember being like five, six, and like seeing things before they would happen and like that premonition. So, and I just have a distinct, almost more like a textural quality than a specific memory though of like how it would feel when I was little. Mm-hmm. And I envisioned being up north actually because I used to get a lot of the visions up at our cottage. So. Yeah, I would say is that it's just sort of having this awareness that I saw things that not everyone does. And then I just remember learning about ESP and sort of trying mm-hmm. to understand it. So, yeah. And those. Yeah. Of and in the Western world, that. it's
0: just so suppressed. It's so, right. yeah, we're, we're not supposed to have those capabilities. And if we no. do, then we're weird. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's yeah. right. But I kind of, like, I I liked it, and, and the funny piece, too, is I used to keep, and I ha, I really hope that, I know they're somewhere, but I used to, I was big on, like, diaries and, like, and school mm-hmm. supply you know? So I had all these diaries with, like, little locks, and, like, that would be, like, my private, like, at eight years old, I was yes. like, the same time I had the Vogue's, the 80s Vogue's under the bed, I'd be, like, journaling my, like, deepest magic secrets that nobody could yes. understand, but I was eight, you know? Um, and I used to actually write "Dear Granny and Grandpa" to my mom's um, dad and my dad's mom who had passed. So there was also a connection there where I was mm-hmm. like writing to them, thinking and trusting that they were getting my very important yeah. magic secrets, you know. Yeah,
0: and they yeah. they absolutely were. That's absolutely. right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so beautiful.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, my friend. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for thank being you. with me. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Such a pleasure. We yes. yeah really it's such a joy we'll have you on my podcast too we'll have to do that so
0: yeah we'll do it I, we'll do it
1: yeah and I just love what you're bringing and who you are and thank I'm you. grateful for you and all that thank we're you, getting to you. co-create and to everyone tuning in I'm thankful for your presence too it's felt yay. yes yeah
0: so if someone wants to find your work follow your work where shall we send them
1: The best place I would say is the Ignite Bites, the little morning mini messages Mm -hmm. that we do delivered by text, they're free. um, So you can text the number and it's um, just a mini four or five minute heart rise meditation with a message and an intention. It's a beautiful way to anchor your day. Anyone who wants to learn the method, I would say the foundation course is great. It's a digital course that you can learn in six weeks at home in your comfort zone um, to learn to just practice it for yourself. And then anyone who might want to learn to deepen their practice for leadership, we actually have a lot of opportunities now as we're growing. So for anyone who's already a coach or a healer or an entrepreneur that wants to accelerate their growth or be a part of a bigger growing community, we have a lot of opportunities in the corporate space, in the creative arena, working with different schools and creative projects. So there's lots of ways to get more involved too. And if you have a company you want to bring us into, come on over. We're bringing it in big ways. And and just... Instagram, the website, HeartRise Movement, come and find me. I'm super available and accessible. The podcast, our work, Soul Shine. <laughs>
0: Yes. Okay. Awesome. And I'll put all of that in the show notes too for everybody. Last
1: thing I'll mention, we just did a special from overwhelm to ease meditation that is Mm. super awesome. And it's just about eight minutes. It's nice. It takes you through two cycles of the practice, but it's really great to just have as like on reboot, you can just use it on the regular when you find yourself as we're kind of easing back into the world or whenever you may be tuning into this show, there's always overwhelm enough to go around. So if we want to just move through the overwhelm, and come back to ease, and really cultivate patience, Uh, it's a beautiful meditation to practice with, so that's, yeah, if we want to add that, we can gift everyone that, too, yeah, beautiful,
0: beautiful, beautiful, okay, great, all right, I will see you in real life tomorrow, yeah, yeah, thank you, and then for next soul shine, too, I can't wait for it, thank you so much,
1: thank you, my love, love. I appreciate you, yes, you as well.
0: I just love my time with Jessie May. It's amazing how when we connect with others from that place of heart, how quickly we can go so deep. Jessie and I have been friends, I don't know, six months or so. I think that seems to be about right, but it feels like we've just always known each other, and I'm so happy I was able to share her with you all here on the show if you loved what you're hearing about heart rise movement and want to come to the soul shine experience, we're bringing that to you live from Los Angeles. It will include that heart connection, that beautiful heart rise experience that Jesse may brings plus that cosmic Kundalini work that I get to share. So we're bringing that together. This will be our third live event. It's happening Friday july 16th so that's next friday at 8 a.m pacific time 10 a.m central time 11 a.m eastern time we also host a clubhouse together once a week if clubhouse is something you're interested in we host that clubhouse it's called truth and curiosity the art of discovering your path we host it at 11am pacific time so feel free to drop into that as well it's always a quick cozy conversation like 20 30 minutes long a really nice little check-in midweek if you loved this episode we would love for you to share it share it far and wide our instagram page for the show is your woo woo bf and of course i'm andy your host I love you so much. I'm Girl on Instagram and share a review as well. We love the reviews. The reviews mean the world to us and it helps us to grow. So with that said, I hope to see you in the Soul Shine experience with much love, with much heart. I thank you until next time. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your week.